morning. Come on, church. Thank you so much for being with us. We're glad you're here. Uh, you get to jump in on a brand new series we're starting today called I Love My Church. How many of you love your church? Good, good, good answer. That's a good answer to have when you're in church on, on Sunday morning. Makes the pastor feel real good. Uh, so today we're starting I Love My Church. And my goal for this series is to really get you to understand what church is. I want you to understand how much Jesus loves the church, and quite honestly, at the end of this series, I want you to fall in love with the church, amen? So we've all come from different backgrounds, we've all come from different experiences, we all come from different places, different mamas and daddies, we're all different shapes and sizes, right? Not all of you are as skinny as I am, and we all have a lot of different experiences, and those experiences determine how we see God and it determines how we see his church, right? So, so our goal here at Our Savior's Church, one of our many goals, is to really help you with your vision. We want to help you get a good, honest, correct vision of who God is and who his church is. Is that okay? So I want to prove to you that we're all a little bit different this morning. But before we do that, I want to I give you this. I'm going to throw an image up on the screen. And when I do that, I want you to think about what you feel like when you see that image. Okay, think about the feeling you get when you see that image. Throw up image number one, the DMV. What are you feeling right now? Oh, yeah, there you go. Aggravation, frustration, ain't nobody got time for this. I mean, you just, you, whatever it is. Image number two. Once again, ain't nobody got time for this. How many, of you, how many of you have regular dentist appointments and you keep them like clockwork? May the Lord bless you. <laughs> let, me, let me give you a little secret. I didn't go to the dentist for 15 years. Oh, that's sad, isn't it? You know why? I didn't feel like I needed it. So I didn't go to the dentist for 15 years. When I went, he told me my teeth were perfect. I said, good, I'll see you in another 15 years. You're not getting my money. <laughs> so he cleaned them and sent me out the door. He wanted to schedule me for six months later. I'm like, you crazy. I'm not going back in six months. Ain't happening. So throw up the third image. How many of you met that guy before? He's the one who makes you take your belt off and your shoes off. And when there's a line and you're running behind, how does that make you feel when you see that? Yeah, kind of makes you want to be sneaky. Hopefully he doesn't see you. So we go to most of these places. Why? Because we have to, Right? I mean, is there anybody here this morning that just goes to hang out at the DMV for fun? If you are, raise your hand. I'll have the ushers escort you out. And we'll, you need to go to that other church. <laughs> just picking. How many of you go to the, to the TSA checkpoint just to hang out with those guys? You don't go because you don't want to. You go because you have to, right? Now, throw up image number four. That's a good image. It's not coming up? Okay. It's supposed to be an image of a church. And it was supposed to be the wow factor. Yeah, so look around. Tell me how you feel right now. Good. Good answer. It's not Sarah's fault. It was, I threw it up. I had her throw it up and evidently it didn't work. That's what they do for letting me get a hold of the technical things in church. But an image of a church. So 
The question is, is are you here because you have to or are you here because you want to? And, man, that's a question only you can answer. I can't answer that question for you because some of you are good at hiding it. Some of you, you, <laughs> you know how it is. You get up, right? Everybody's running late for church. You get up. The kids aren't acting right. You can't find your left shoe. Everything's out of place. Nothing's ironed. The kids are wearing the stupidest uh, outfits they can find. And you're like, yuck, I can't believe you're going to wear that. And so you're fighting all the way to church. And when you get to the driveway, what happens? Everybody gets healed, all the problems are solved, and everybody looks good, right? There's the church. See? How does that make you feel? So, but, but some of us are good at faking it, some of us are good at, at pretending that we love to be at church. And so I wonder today if maybe, maybe your image of church or maybe your understanding of church is a little bit skewed. Maybe you think that church is this building. Maybe you think that church is a place. So today I want, you to, I want to help you understand what church really is and what's going on in the church and how the church is supposed to operate. So point number one, the church is not a place, it's a people. Church is not a place. Now we say all the time, and you've got to excuse our, our, our language and how we say things. You know, we always say, well, where are you going Sunday? I'm going to church. Okay, I understand that I was raised that way. And if you're not careful, that becomes, that, that, that start to t- starts to determine that church is a place and it's not actually a people. So the church is not a place, it's a people. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17. It says this, He brought his good news of peace to the Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near him. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house. Together, we are his house. We are the church. Look at the person next to you and say, good morning, church. You are the church. That's what I want to get across this morning. You are the church. The, 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 our, our, our campus in Jennings, the building is basically just an old gas company in a warehouse that we started in. I mean, they had to rip the hand washers out. They had to do all this stuff. If that building was blown over by a hurricane today, the church would still be alive. Are you following me? Pastor Bubba told you that this building was a, a massage therapist, a dentist's office, a lawyer, a guy that was selling aqua foods and all kind of other places. It doesn't matter. If the building falls, the church is still here. We are the church, not the building. Now, we'll find another building, and, we'll, and you have to have buildings to, co- to collectively come together and worship God in a, in a service like this. And, and, I, and just to let you know, I believe God gets excited about these times. Just like you get excited when all your kids come together and they get along. First thing, they're getting along. <laughs> Second thing is they're in the same room together, right? So I believe God gets excited about moments like these where we can come together as a congregation and worship God. But this isn't the church. So, so here's the thing. If you start to see church as a building, let me show you what the problem becomes. The problem becomes that if the church is a building, if you're not careful, your relationship with God only happens in the building. 
Come on now. Are you getting next to Jesus? Are you getting close to God outside of this building? Church is not a place. It's a people. Right? So there's three things that happen when we start to view church as a place. Three negative things. The first one is, is you live compartmentalized. Now, some of you are going to get up in the morning. You're going to be like, I got to go to work. I'm sorry. I just haven't run into too many people that get excited about going to their job. It's unfortunate, but it's just the truth. There are a few that love what they do, but most people get up in the morning and go, I got to go to work. Right? I got to go to the dentist. I got to go do that checkup. I got to go to the school. That's what my kids are all going to say in the morning. I got to go to school. And I, me and Cheryl's going to read that. Yes, you do. <laughs> right? So if you're not careful, you compartmentalize your life. And, and, and so church becomes just another thing that you do. This is what we do. And what happens is, is your life begins to revolve around what you do and not who you know and not the people that you know or even the person that you know. So your life revolves around everything else, and church is just one more part of your life that just revolves. Amen? The second thing that happens that's negative is you get cheated. You can skip out on a building, right? You can stay home and listen to Joyce and TD and Joel if you want to. But here's the thing. You get no fellowship. You get no encouragement. You don't get to be around other believers. You don't get to hear what's going on in the house of God in your area, right? You get to miss out on the church, so you get cheated. When you, when your view of church as a place, when you view church as a place, you can isolate yourself from people who can help you unlock your purpose. You see, here's the crazy thing. Look at the person next to you on your left, and then look at the person to your right, okay? You see those people? You need those people. You know why you need them? Because God put them in your life. Iron sharpens iron. One man sharpens another. If you never get into fellowship with somebody else, you must be dull. Right? Because people bring out the best and the worst in us, right? Just get married. You'll find out. You thought you were perfect till you got married. And you quickly realize you didn't know nothing. I thought I could dress myself. I thought orange was my best color. I don't even own an orange shirt anymore. My wife convinced me that my skin color, my skin complexion does not go with orange. I never knew that. I don't know why I'm telling you. <laughs> so you, you, you can get cheated if you're not careful when you see church as a place and not a people. And the third thing we see that, that can be negative is that you become critical. And, man, I want you to hear this one. You can become critical. Here's the thing. When you really understand who God is and you really understand who the church is, I can only believe that you can't be critical of the church. Because here's the thing. If you understand that the church is the people of God, and watch this one now, and, and the church is the bride of Christ, how are you going to criticize the bride of Christ? Think about it. Somebody would have criticized your bride on your wedding day. You'd have split your britches beating that person up, right? I mean, seriously. You don't criticize a person. You don't criticize the bride, but you'll criticize a place. Right? So when you understand that the church is the people of God joined together, 
cornered and grounded in Christ, how can you be critical of that? Because as believers, we should love what God loves. We should love what Jesus loves. Jesus loves his bride. Right? So you can't be critical of it, and you've got to be careful not to become critical. So the church is number two. It's not built on program. It's, it's built on a person. Man, churches do a lot of things these days. Back when I used to go to church and, when I was a kid, I was there three times on Sunday. I could tell you as a teenager what we were going to do, who was going to pray at the end of the service. So-and-so was going to pray, and he was going to jingle the change in his pocket, and he would annoy everybody when he prayed at the end of the service. I knew what was going on. Church was stale. It was bored. Churches today are doing all kind of crazy things. They're serving Bluebell. And listen, if you came for Bluebell today, good. I came for Bluebell too. I ain't going to lie. I've been waiting. And by the way, I realize that Bluebell is not fattening. Now I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to prove it to you. Because Bluebell's been gone for how many months now? Somebody tell me. How long has Bluebell been gone? About eight or nine months. And then a near one of y'all lost weight. Bluebell's not fattening. Just saying. Come on, I tell you, I'm going to preach this morning. <laughs> My pastor's going, don't let that bluebell spirit get on you, son. So the church is not built on programs, it's built on a person. It's built on a person. You'll get tired of programs. Programs will come and go. New technology will come and go. The latest things, the fads in the church will come and go. But if your life's not built on Jesus, you're going to come and go with the fads. Amen? And that's our, that's our purpose at our Savior's Church is to get you into a healthy relationship with Jesus. We don't want to control that relationship. We want you to jump into it and have your own relationship with Jesus. And we want it to thrive, and we want you to get closer and closer. So what makes this church the church? Is Jesus. It's built on Jesus. It can't be built on me because look at me, I'm going to let you down. Many of you have been offended in churches. Many of you have been hurt in churches and you came here. Maybe God laid on your heart to come here. I want you to understand something. I may hurt you again. I'm not perfect, but he is. He is. That's why I don't want you to come to me. I want you to come to him. Amen. Because it's about a person. That's what the church is built on. It's built on a person. The word of God says that, that actually right there in, in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20, it says this, continuing with the verse, it says, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of his dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Jesus is the cornerstone is what the Bible is telling us today. He's the chief cornerstone. You know what the cornerstone did? The cornerstone was the first stone that was laid on the ground. The rest of the building lined up with the first cornerstone. You got to get this. So, so Jesus laid his life down, and when he did, God placed him as the cornerstone for the temple that he wanted to build called the church. And then, and then God started to join others 
to that cornerstone. So as you give your life to Jesus, you become another part of that stone. And you get connected. You see how this is working? And we get joined together. But everything lines up off of that cornerstone. It set the, it set the squareness for the building. It set the elevation for the building. Are you with me? It's the strongest stone in the building. Everything is built from it. Are you seeing this? So if Jesus is the chief cornerstone and you build your life connected to him, then you're welcome to the building. Welcome to the church. He's the chief cornerstone. If you build your life around Jesus, you'll have a great life. Amen? Amen. Instead of trying to build Jesus around your life, you need to build your life around Jesus. Amen. He needs to be the priority. Is he the chief cornerstone of your life? This morning, where are you at? Is he the cornerstone of your life? If Jesus is the chief cornerstone, I want want to show you this real quick. Peter, remember Peter, our old buddy Peter? Peter was, Peter was Peter. (laughs) Peter loved Bluebell. Peter got, got called the devil by Jesus. He got rebuked by Jesus. He was constantly saying something he didn't need to say, messing up all kinds of things. But he was also the one guy who, who was audacious enough to step out of the water and say, Lord, let me come to you. And Peter walked on water. Isn't that cool? Peter was the guy that at, at the night in the garden when they came to arrest Jesus was the one that cut the, the soldier's ear off that Jesus had to then put back together. Peter was also the one who denied Christ three times that same night. Peter, after he denied Christ three times, quit the ministry. He went fishing. Pastor Bubba says all backsliders go fishing. I say some of them probably go duck hunting too, but just saying. I can say it? Okay. Some of them go duck hunting too. Some of them sell used cars, but... But Peter left the ministry and he went on about his own thing. And then Jesus, after he came out of the grave and revealed himself to his disciples, the first person he asked for was who? Peter. Listen to what Jesus says about Peter. He says, Peter, you are the rock that I'm going to build my church on. You're the rock that I'm going to build my church on. I go, golly, man, Peter was pretty jacked up. Peter made a lot of mistakes. But despite your mistakes and despite your failures and despite your fallings and despite your stupidity, Christ still wants to build his church with you. And Peter, get this now, Peter, after all of those things, on the day of Pentecost, Jesus, before that, Jesus restored him. On the day of Pentecost, Peter is the one man that stood up and began to preach Christ. And the first 3,000 members of the church came because of Peter. Why are you saying that, Pastor? Because it doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter the mistakes you made or the things that have happened to you. God still wants to use you to build his church. And if we'll just get the fact that we are the church and everywhere we go, the church goes. My friend Dale works at H. Brown. We have a church at H. Brown. My brother-in-law works for Lamar Advertisement. We have a church at Lamar Advertisement. Travis works at a jail. We have a church in the jail. Glenn works at a casino. There's a church at the casino. Are you getting what I'm saying? Everywhere you go, you're the church. You're the representation of God. You're the member. You're God's answer to that place. You're the solution to that problem. You're the life. You're the hope. You're the one that's coming in with the goods. 
Don't go to your workplace. Don't go to your marketplace. Don't go to your house and adapt to what the spirit that's there. You go in with a new spirit. You come in with some new energy and some new excitement. You come in with some hope into a hopeless situation. You got to know that you're not there to work. You're there to be the, the body of Christ. You're there to be the church. Everywhere you go, Pizza Hut, you're the church. Not Pizza Hut, but you're the church when you go to Pizza Hut. You following what I'm saying? If you're the church and the spirit of God lives inside of you, wherever you go, so goes the church. Isn't that good? Because the church is people. It's not a place. It's people. It's not a place. It's not a program. It's a person. It's built on Jesus. Why do you need to be in a relationship with Jesus? Number one, because you want to. Number two, because you realize that without being connected to the cornerstone, I may just fall. I'm my, I'm my, the wall of my life may just stumble. Are you hearing me? He's the cornerstone. So let me tell you what happens. Let me give you two positive things that happen when the church is built on Jesus and built by Jesus. Number one, we're an unshakable church. I said we're an unshakable church. The storms can come and the storms can go and the trials can come and the temptations can come. But we're an unshakable church. Just like Peter. Peter was shaken. The enemy was throwing everything he could at Peter to destroy Peter. But no matter what Peter did, God restored him and God built with him. Amen. We become an unshakable church. Isaiah 28, 16 says, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. It's safe to build on. Come on, somebody. It's safe to build on. You got to get this. It's safe. Jesus is safe. He's safe to build your life on. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to deny you. He's not going to turn his back on you. He's not going to hurt you. He's safe. Whoever believes need never, need never be shaken. Now, that doesn't mean that storms aren't going to come. And it doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen. It just means that when they do, you're unshakable. Why are you unshakable? Because you're connected to the cornerstone. Your life is built on the cornerstone. Come on, somebody. And the second thing we see is we're an unstoppable church. Going back to that verse about Peter, look at what it says in Matthew 16, 18. It says, now I say to you, Peter, I say to you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Now watch what he says about this. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. This is Jesus looking at a man. You got to get this picture. Jesus is, is face to face with Peter, the guy that he knew what he was going to do. The guy that was going to fall flat on his face. He said, your name is Peter. And upon this rock, in other words, upon you, Peter, I am going to build my church. And all the powers of hell will never conquer it. Did the power of hell ever conquer Peter? Nope. It didn't win. Peter was restored and Peter built the church, right? Same goes for us. All the powers of hell cannot conquer you. Somebody's going to need that. Just saying. Somebody needs to be reminded that I'm more than a conqueror. 
I'm more than an overcomer. The local church is the hope of the world. We stand together united in Jesus, and we're unstoppable. There's a lot of good churches in this city. I know a bunch of their pastors. Some of them text me this morning and say, hey, man, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your congregation. You know what they're starting to realize and what we're all starting to realize? It's not about denominations. It's not about what exactly we believe or we don't believe. It's about the Jesus we serve. And if we'll just focus on the Jesus we serve and get our minds off of everything else, I believe we can see the kingdom come in this area. I believe we can see miracles happen, signs and wonders, and a great harvest. Amen? So just remember this. I want to leave you with this today. You are the church, and wherever you go, the church goes.